What's up, everybody? Welcome back in to episode number 18 of the Mac Eats Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Hughley, and I am bringing you a fire interview today. I had a lot of fun. Just got off the phone with Mr. Jake Wenzel of Pitt. He was the 2020 165-pound ACC champion. He was the fourth seed in the tournament and ended up knocking off the one seed and then the three seed in the finals to take his first title. Man, I'm having such a fun time talking to these guys because it's really cool, you know, for me, but, you know, just for you guys to be able to hear these guys' stories because there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that the average fan doesn't know and that I didn't even know. Um, I had no idea that Jake Winslow battled through an ACL tear to come back and win his ACC title. Um, he won, you know, Pitt, James Conner, Pitt athlete or uh, comeback athlete of the year. Um, which, you know, is an, an honor given to the pit athlete that, that, you know, defies the odds and comes back against some kind of awful setback and, and succeeds in their sport. Um, you know, I, I also had no idea that at one point, you know, Jake had thought about leaving pit. And so it, it really, it was an awesome interview. He's a great dude. I had a really good time listening to him. Um, and, and I'm excited for future chats with him and, and to see how he does this year. And, but, uh, before we get into the show, make sure that you guys go follow us everywhere on social media. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, go follow, just type in Mac Eats. You'll find us. Um, also on Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave a five-star rate and review. Or not even a five-star, leave whatever the hell star you want to leave, man. But leave us a rate and review. We really appreciate that. Smash that subscribe button so that you get updates on when our podcast comes out. And let us know on social media what you like, what you don't like. Let me know if you want to hear from somebody specific. I love doing these things, and I'd love to hear from you guys and what you guys want to hear. Um, but without further ado, I'm going to shut up, and I'm going to let you guys listen to Mr. Jake Wenzel. So, first things first, I got to ask, Coach Gavin just competed a couple of days ago. Uh, what was the whole vibe from the team when you guys found out that he was going to be competing in this event? I can't say I was shocked. Um, Coach Gavin's a man of few words, but when he says stuff, you should probably listen to him because they're really powerful. So uh, he tends to lead by example, and going out and doing that was just another way to say, like, hey, I'm 35 years old. I got two kids, one on the way. I'm still competing. Like, why aren't you guys? Yeah, for sure. I did. I definitely get the uh, the man a few words things. I've talked to him a bunch, just kind of doing interviews and stuff. And I texted him the other day. I was like, uh, you know, what have you been doing to prepare, you know, differently for this? And he texted me back, just wrestling. That's it. It's like, okay, all right, cool. Um, Very good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, so that was cool. Uh, it was a cool event. I, I, you know, he came out, he got the win first, and then ended up taking fourth. Um, what did you think of the event as a whole? And you know. How Coach did? I thought it was pretty cool. Um, it was weird seeing my coach in a singlet. That was, yeah. the first, but once I got over that, it it was cool to see him compete because I grew up watching Keith wrestle. Like I'm from Pittsburgh, I lived nine miles away, so I would actually come to matches when he was on the team wrestling. So it was like kind of reminiscent of that. Now that he's my coach, it was just kind of weird, but it it was it was cool. It was cool to see him go out there and compete one last time. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the, the thing kind of stood out to me too is like, obviously, you know, like 
college wrestling coaches are in shape, right? Everybody knows that. These guys are in the room all the time training and, and helping you guys out. But, like, I was expecting kind of an old man in a singlet, and it wasn't, right? He, like, he's in shape, you know? Yeah, uh, exactly. But, yeah, that, that kind of surprised me a little bit. But, um, yeah, man, anyways, like, what's been going on? How, how's wrestling? How's everything getting back into the swing of things after all the COVID stuff? Uh, we're pretty much full tilt. We've been that way for probably a month or two now. Uh, getting back into things, we we had to do like separate groups for a little bit. We lifted in different groups and uh, two groups for wrestling. But pretty much now, the only thing that we have to do is wear a mask when we're in our facilities, uh, get our temperatures taken. We have to answer questionnaires every morning. But other than that, it's business as usual. There's not much too much extra we have to do so it doesn't really affect us that much anymore and uh, we're in a lucky position because I know a lot of schools aren't in the same boat but we have a good a good athletic staff that lets us do what we have to do yeah for sure so questionnaire I guess you mean like just kind of like where you've been what you've been doing all that kind of stuff yeah it's four questions it's like how are you feeling right now have you been exposed to anyone with COVID uh like four questions, you just answer no for all of them, and you you get your temperature taken. Very cool. Um, and you said like, you said before we got on here, you were doing your COVID test this morning. Um, how is that administered, and like, what does that process look like? Uh, so right now we have weekly COVID tests. We just get a, we each get a time. We go in, takes less than thirty seconds. You go in, you tell them your birthday, they hand you your paper, put a swab in your nose, and you're out. Um, as of right now, that's every week, and I think when we're when we start competing, it's going to be three times a week. So yeah. pretty much every other day. And how long does it take for them to get the results back? Do you know? Usually twenty four hours. We get the next day. Okay, that makes sense. Pretty cool. Um, well, just another another thing to get done during the week. Um, but I mean, I guess you got online classes, right? So. Probably yep. a little bit easier on that front. Um, very cool, man. Well, let's uh, let's jump in a little bit to your career. So what I want to do is I want to go through and talk about, you know, kind of your career and how you got to Pitt. And then, you know, obviously how you've been doing since you've been at Pitt. Um, you know, the very first question, very obvious is, you know, how did you get introduced to wrestling? I was, I was basically born a wrestler. My whole family wrestled. Um, Two of my uncles, one was a state champ, one was a state runner-up in West Virginia. My dad wrestled. Um, I was, my dad was, uh, before his job now, he was, a, he was an advisor at school, like an academic advisor. And uh, he was also the wrestling coach. So I can remember being carried into practice on my little car carrier. My dad would just set me on the mat and I'd be wrestling around with kids. So I was, pretty much didn't have a choice but if I did have a choice, I would have chose wrestling. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, no, our, uh, my coach, when I was growing up, when I was in high school, the same thing, right? He had two young boys, and they were always in practice. And it was just like, you know, we're going full tilt in there for, you know, two, three hours or whatever, and these little kids just run around and just kind of have to know that they're coming around and just, like, watch out, don't fall on them. Um, that's funny, man. They're always in there. That's yeah, that's pretty cool cool to grow up in the room yeah um but i mean 
so you said you where did you grow up did you grow up in pa or did you grow up in west virginia no i'm 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 from pittsburgh but yeah. uh, my mom's side of the family is west virginia okay all right cool um because i saw you know all the accolades and everything in, in pa growing up um at what point did you realize like not only is this fun but like i'm actually pretty good at this and i can do something with it uh, it took me a while probably my freshman year in high school uh, i knew i was all right in middle school i lost maybe like two or three matches um but i wasn't wrestling like the best competition i wasn't like the junior state champ or anything i would place at the state tournament but i was never I was never that guy like, oh, watch out, like he's coming in high school. It was always like, maybe this kid can do something. And then my freshman year, my freshman year, I took eighth at States and it was a loaded bracket. Actually, if you look at that bracket now, it was insane. Nolf won, Zanetta took second, Ian Brown, like I think seven out of the eight people were D1 wrestlers. I wrestled uh, Cole Walter from Lehigh, if you know who that is. That's I who I wrestled. heard the name. Place at States. Yeah, man, wild. Yeah, I mean, it's there's just so much good wrestling, obviously, in Pennsylvania. I mean, it's kind of taken over, you know, I guess from like Ohio for, you know, the top wrestling state as far as, you know, the caliber of kids coming out. Um, I think it's interesting what you said, like, you know, you were pretty good in, in middle school, but, you know, you weren't winning the state titles every year, right? So my question was going to be, you know, when you got into high school, you won two PA state titles. Um, you had an undefeated senior season. You only lost three matches between your junior and sophomore seasons, right? So um, you, you basically, you lost three times in your last three years. I mean, it's incredible. Um, you got to be, you know, one of the top guys in the state. You know, you're this kind of figure that everybody's looking at going, oh, wow, this guy is so amazing. Um, but I think it's cool that when you're in middle school, you, you weren't that guy, right? You were kind of looking up like, oh, there's some other guys that are, you know, winning all these state titles, whatever. Like, you kind of, I feel like you've seen both sides of the, the coin. So how is it being the guy in high school that everybody's looking up to? Uh, I don't even think I was that guy. Oh, man, you're, you won two, two state titles. You're undefeated just in a year. I mean, come on. Like, yeah, you got to know. Perspective, you got guys like Luke Pletcher, Vincenzo Joseph, Mickey Phillippe. You got a lot of those guys in Pennsylvania. So I was probably like, lower tier of the state champs it wasn't like i was like you had spencer lee gavin teasdale those guys and then i was probably right under there so i don't unless it was like a local tournament if i went to like a local tournament people were like oh there's jake wenzel but anywhere outside of that it was focused on the bigger names still even though so like at those local tournaments like what does that feel like Just, i mean and again like i'm saying you probably know from middle school when you're in the room like at a tournament on the weekends, you got this guy that's won multiple state titles. You're like, you know, e even if your goal is obviously to beat this guy and he's a competitor and all that kind of stuff, you still like, it's hard not to be like, oh, that's so-and-so, you know, let's watch out. Maybe I'll see him in the finals or whatever, whatever your thoughts are. So, you know, what are your thoughts on the other side of that? If you're in this local tournament and you know, you're kind of the guy to beat. Um, it never really affected me. It was more so, it was a cool thing for the younger guys. They could be like, oh, wow, like they're talking about you in the locker room. It's like, well, yeah, that's cool. But I have bigger goals than winning the Chartier's Houston Open Tournament. I want to win states undefeated. So it's, 
that's not the ultimate goal is for people to be like, oh, there, there he is. You want to, you ultimately want to have bigger goals and accomplish bigger things. So you don't really notice it until it's, it doesn't happen anymore. It's like now when I walk into a tournament, nobody cares who you are. It's like, oh, I kind of miss that when people would like stare at me and oh, there he is. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to get to the college level, you got to re-earn it. Um, well, you know, in high school, I was, wanted to ask you about that too, because, you know, obviously I know I just said, you won two state titles to finish out your career. Um, your, your overall high school record, 156 and 15. I think that was a high, or your high school win record. Um, I mean, only losing 15 times. And 12 of them actually came your freshman year when you got eighth in state. So you basically didn't lose those last three years. Um, how is it going from, I mean, getting eighth in the state as a freshman is impressive enough, right? But how is it going from eighth in the state um, you know, taking 12 losses, having a good year, but then turn around and be in, you know, two-time champ. Like, what, what goes into that shift? Uh, Tyler Nauman. What's that? Tyler Nauman, if you know who that is. I That's, don't. All right, so he was a two-time All-American at Pitt. He has a wrestling club up here now, but – that's when I started. I would, my mom would drive me 30 minutes to go to Bell Vernon to wrestle with him and his high school team. And then he actually ended up moving to the Pittsburgh area and started coaching at South Park, which is where I went to high school. That was my junior and senior year. So the two years that he was at my school, we had four state titles and Dallas Bullsack, who's on our team now, he went to my high school and he got two state medals while Nalan was there. So he was, he was the person that really elevated my wrestling. Yeah, I mean, because that's, and again, like, it, it's kind of, you got eighth in the state and you turn around and you play seven places higher, right, or eight places higher, you get first. So it's not like statistically a huge jump, but there's a big gap there between the guy that's, you know, getting eighth and then the guy that's getting first, right? There's a big jump that you have to make there. So, um, I, I mean, and that's cool to, to have you to hear you credit to the coach, right? And what what exactly did did he do for you to kind of turn it around? I mean, I say turn around like you're doing bad. Again, you just made that jump to the best in the state, right? What did he do to to push you there? Um, I was I was pretty much there when he came. So my sophomore year, I took third in the state. And I, I probably still am the only person in history to not get scored on at the state tournament and take third. I, nice. I got defensively pinned in the semis. What you get? What happened? I was defensively pinned in the semis. Oh. So I'm the only person to not get scored on at states and take third. That well, I mean, looking back on it now with your two first place medals, I think that's kind of impressive. You can laugh at that now, but. <laughs> That's a uh, wow. What what position were you like? What happened? Um, it was it was quick. It, he shot a high crotch. I sat the corner like I always do. I rolled through it. We kept wrestling, and the match was over. Like it wasn't like I was stuck. We just kind of funk rolled through, and then the ref was standing there like, "Oh yeah, match is over." Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's wild, man. Um, well, uh. How'd that get, how did he end up doing? Did he win it? No, he actually lost in the finals. Very cool. Um, you know, kind of taking a step back, you, you talked about your, your eighth period or your freshman year, taking eighth, you know, guys like Jason Nolf winning the tournament. Um, who are some other guys, you know, that you grew up wrestling with 
maybe middle school, high school, whenever, um, you know, kind of competing with it, people would know. Um, there, there's so many names. Like, it's weird to me now that Coach Fletcher is my coach now. I was on the same recruiting trip as him. So yeah. we're actually the same age. That's weird. But my, my biggest inspiration was uh, when I was a kid was uh, Nick Avezi. You probably don't know him. He was a local guy. But uh, he was he was one of the guys that really helped me from from the ninth grade to tenth grade year, and uh, he he was probably my biggest inspiration. He would wrestle. He would he would come from where he lived to my neighbor's basement just to wrestle with me. So yeah. before my high school practice, I would wrestle with him, and then I would go to my high school practice, and then I'd probably wrestle him again at some club somewhere. So he was the guy that really helped me. I looked up to him a lot. Um, there's just so many names, so many big guys in wrestling yeah. from the area. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, like you said, you threw out a bunch of names up there, you know, with, you know, Fletcher, Spencer, and Nolf, all those guys. Um, and I wanted to kind of ask you about that too, um, with Fletcher being your coach now, right? Obviously I asked Mickey about it and, um, I think it's a little bit different situation probably for him because they're around the same size. They also competed against each other. Um, but you, like you said, you guys are on the same recruiting trip. So like, how is that having a coach that, you know, kind of was, he was your peer at one point. Yeah. I, I don't think much has changed. I've always looked at him as a guy that definitely knows more about the sport than I do. So if he tells me to do something, I would always listen. But we, we've been friends for years now. So it's if I see him at a tournament, I'd sit next to him. I'd talk to him. Like uh, when he was in the Flow National Finals, me and my dad were sitting next to his dad watching him in the finals. Um, I think it's definitely weird for Mickey because they used to compete. But to me, it's, it's something cool that that's my coach now and he's a part of our program. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think I'm excited, you know, to see just the years to come, what you guys are building down there, you know, bringing on guys like Luke. Um, you know, it's got to be big for the program, having, you know, guys like that coming in and, and helping out. And um, I think it's also big, like you said, like a lot of you guys grew up together. And you know, not only is he, you know, a very accomplished wrestler that's coming in and helping out the program, but he's also, you know, friend to a bunch of you guys. Um, so I think that's really cool. But, you know, back to your your career right so high school you went to state titles um you end up undefeated as a senior i, I got to imagine that you you know a couple times state champion npa are a big recruit right you probably got some schools that are knocking on the door um why did you end up choosing Pitt? and you know kind of how what went into that decision i actually committed to Pitt before i won my first state title so before my junior season, I was already coming to Pitt. And uh, a big part of that was the, co the old coaching staff. I was around them a lot. I would come up every Sunday. They would text me like, hey, come in. After my high school practices, I would drive, and drive half an hour down to Pitt. I'd work out with Coach Coker. Um, my, my high school coach, Tyler Nauman, he wrestled at Pitt. Uh, I live nine miles away from the school. so. It wasn't really a big choice, but when I was on my recruiting trip, they sat me down. It was an unofficial, actually. They sat me down and said, like, hey, like, you're our guy. You've been here for a while. 
we think this is what you're going to do. You're going to win this, this, and this. We believe in you. Here's what we would offer you if you did win these things. So we're going to do it now. And it was pretty much like, these guys believe in me. They're backing me. They think I'm going to do the things that I think I'm going to do. If I want to win, I got to go there. So it wasn't really a hard choice for me. Um, I think I was the second person in the country to commit in my class. Caleb Young was the first. He committed the first day, but I was shortly after that. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it's got to be, it's got to be cool. It's got to have, you kind of a head start on comfort level with these guys, right? You kind of grew up going there and, and grew up almost in their room too. Um, so what I'm interested because you you talked about the old coaching staff obviously was there when you committed. Um, so what went through your mind? You know. What were your, your thoughts when Gavin comes in and takes over? So that was actually a long process when, when our coaches, so our head coach first got fired and then Drew and coach Coker were both assistants and they acted as like the co-head coaches. So we didn't know who our head coach was going to be. And also that year I got injured. So I was, I started half the year and then I medically redshirted. So I was, I was kind of on the bench already and I was thinking, seeing the things going on and it wasn't a lot of good at the time. There were definitely a lot of struggles and right when Tayshan transferred to Ohio State, I was going to ask for my release. And I actually went into the office and I was talking about it and the lady said like, hey, like we have some big things coming. Like just, just see who the head coach is going to be. Like wait it out, see who that coach is going to be. If you don't like it, then come back. And I talked to my parents about it. I was going to transfer. And my mom told me she needed to talk to me before. And she took me out to dinner. We sat down and she said, before you make this decision, whether or not you want to transfer, I got to tell you something. And she told me she actually got diagnosed with breast cancer. She's like, well, if you leave, like, I just want you to know, like, you'll be farther away. And like, I'm going to be going through this for the next couple of years. And at that point, I just completely flipped the switch. I was like, I don't need to go anywhere to win. I'll stay right here. I'm going to stay in my backyard. And that was the last I ever thought about it. But whenever they, they said Gavin was going to be the head coach, I was really excited because I remember watching him wrestle. He's a great competitor. Um, coach Lean actually recruited me to go to Virginia, so I was familiar with him. And obviously, Drew stayed. So I was excited for, for the change. And I don't think it really hit me until they first came and I understood like, oh, this is, this is a different level of coaching right now. Like nothing against the old coaches, but this is, this is something special we have going on. And for a guy like Jordan Lean, Jordan Lean's one of the best wrestlers I've ever met. And for a guy like him to praise coach Gavin the way that he does, it's like, wow, like we got something really special going on. Like this guy was a national champ. He could he could be a head coach anywhere he wants, but he's gonna help this guy out because he believes in him and what he's gonna do. And Drew and Gavin were actually roommates in college, so that's a special relationship. It's I don't think it's very common what we have at Pitt. And it's it's like a tight knit family and it, it really works. Yeah. I mean that's that's kind of the vibe I get every time I talk to anybody over there is is really the family vibe. Like it seems it seems like a lot of you guys have multiple connections outside of of the room, you know, like you're saying, um, man, so that's, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. So it sounds like, you know, kind of, uh, old coaching staff on its way out and, you know, maybe some buddies transfer and you're thinking, 
I guess I might leave too. Um, and then hit with some big news and choose to stay home and it works out for the best for you. So, um, man, that's, that's wild. But, uh, you know, you, you talked a little bit about Gavin coming in, uh, Coach Lane coming in. And you got so many just highly touted guys coming in, helping out the program. You said, you know, it kind of wasn't in the best place before. And then you're building something special now, right? So there's been a big shift and a big change. Uh, what's the culture like now in the program? And maybe, you know, kind of compare it to when you were first, when you first got there. Now it's about wrestling. We're, we're on a wrestling team now. Before it was, it was guys that were very good at wrestling, but didn't take it as seriously as they should. Is the best way I can put it. Like yeah. we, had, we had a lot of talent in the room. When I committed, when I committed to Pitt at my weight, we had Cody Wirchuk. If you know who he is, he's one of the best wrestlers to come out of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Mike Rashiato, one of the best wrestlers to come out of Pennsylvania. Edgar Bright, an Ohio standout. Like we had, we had guys that could have competed for national titles, and then it just didn't come to fruition. But now we have guys that maybe aren't as talented, but work harder and are more focused. So it, it's it's more of a wrestling mindset now. And I'm not saying that those guys before didn't focus on wrestling. I'm just saying it's it's more serious. Like this is this is a job here. Like this is your it's school than this. This is your first priority. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, how does how does that trickle down to to the guys, right? Because what you're talking about is kind of like uh, it it's really pointed by leadership, right? It sounds like you know Coach Gavin and all those guys coming in really like set the tone at the top of we're gonna be good, you know, we're gonna improve all of you guys like you said no matter what level you're at we're going to get you to a higher place you're going to compete you know at a higher level than you're even maybe supposed to kind of in quotation marks um how does how does that mindset from the new coaches right just coming in how does that trickle down to the guys um that that have been there um well the guys that were there weren't too many returners when they first came there were a lot of guys that got in trouble, a lot of guys that graduated. So I think, I think the people that stayed and stuck around were excited. They're like, wow, finally, like, this is what we've been waiting for, like wrestling. So it was kind of, it was exciting to me. And I feel like everybody else felt similar. Yeah, no, that's cool. It's, I mean, it's interesting to hear because, you know, obviously the guys that, that Gavin brings in afterwards, right, his recruits, all those guys, they kind of know what they're getting into, right? You guys had a whole changing of the guard. So that's it's kind of, you know, it's interesting to hear, you know, how all that went. Um, and, you know, also going kind of going along with that, you know, what's your training situation like in the room every day? You know, who do you train with? Um, you know, what does that look like? I have – I'm lucky where I have very good partners. Uh, probably my main partner is my roommate, Jared McGill. He's going to be a redshirt freshman this year. So be on the lookout for him. Uh, Jared McGill, Austin Cooley, another redshirt freshman, Nino Bonacorsi. Then I got Coach Gavin and Coach Lean. So I'm in a pretty unique position where I have a lot of highly talented guys and also a lot of guys that are bigger than me and my size that can, like I can get beat up on and not feel bad. 
Like yeah. if I was getting beat up on by a 49 pounder, I'd be like, damn, maybe I need to rethink some things. But Nino can shoot 30 single legs on me and finish 29 and I'll be happy that I stopped one. Yeah. So it's, it's a different mentality when you have that type of guy to wrestle with every day. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I mean, again, talking to you, talking to Mickey, talking to Coach Gavin, like it, it seems like there's a lot of great stuff going on, going on around the program, right? When Coach Gavin came in, you guys were last in the ACC that year and you jump up to fourth and then second last year, right? So it's continuously going up, up, up. There's only one more place to, to climb up to, right? Um, how, if I'm a big recruit, right? I'm coming out, I haven't made my decision. Why would I pick Pitt? I think for all the things we talked about earlier, like the, first of all, the coaching staff, I truly believe we have one of the most unique coaching staffs in the country. On top of that, just the knowledge of wrestling, like, like Coach Gavin just went out and competed. He just beat Shakur Rashid. He took fourth at a tournament. He's, he's 35 years old. He's, he has kids. Like, there's not too many coaches that are going to go out and do that, with the exception, like, probably Kale could do that. But not too many guys. That's something special. And that he still has that mentality. Like, it's contagious. Like, that's your coach, and he has that mentality. He wants to go out and win 20 grand. Like, and if you asked him the day before, he would have said, like, yeah, I'm going to win. Like, I wouldn't be doing it if I wasn't going to win. And I think that's the biggest thing is it's just a contagious mentality that, that really catches on, and I think a lot of our guys have caught on. Yeah, I, that makes so much sense, so much sense. Because when I talked to him, I was asking him questions, and I was kind of expecting, like, you know, oh, you know, this is something just kind of fun to do, you know, uh, it, maybe it looks good for the program, like blah, blah, blah. No, it was very much like you're saying, like, I'm going to win this thing. Like, yeah. I'm going to go get this. <laughs> this is awesome. Um, yeah, man, it, he had a good showing too. He looked good. He has so many, like, slick moves. I mean, how many times do you get taken down in practice and you're just like, what the hell was that? Uh, a lot. <laughs> I can imagine. Man. Um, Man, but I mean, getting into to college, right? We talked about your high school career, kind of transferring into college. Um, first, I, I got to clear something up because you said you had a medical year. I was looking at WrestleStat, and they they kind of um, they didn't have the medical year. I, I couldn't figure it out quite. Okay, this year coming in, are you going to be a junior or a senior? This will be my fifth. I'll be a fifth year senior. Okay, so you're this is your senior year of eligibility. Yes, but. Cool. With this whole thing, yeah. Okay, so you technically have two more years with this deal going on. Okay, all right. I just had to make sure I knew what what to call you. Um, but I mean, how was it going from you know being one of the top guys in PA to college? How do you transfer? Like, let me get my words here. How do you adapt to college wrestling, and what makes a successful college wrestler? Um, I was in a unique position where I had to, like, I didn't really have a choice. I was messing around for the first couple months I got here and then wrestle-offs came and there wasn't anybody else at 57. Like, Taleb wasn't ready yet. So that's actually who I wrestled in the wrestle-offs. I wrestled Taleb and I was the guy and I was like, wow, like up until this point, I just figured I was going to redshirt now I'm in the starting lineup like I got to get my stuff together so it was more of a it was more of a you you need to adapt rather than this is what you have to do to adapt 
And I have to say, it did take me a while to get used to it. I mean, honestly, I'd say until two years ago, I didn't fully adapt. I was always really good on top. I was all right on bottom and on my feet. If you shot to my leg, I was probably going to defend it. But I had zero offense, no threats on my feet. And unless I turned you a lot on top, I wasn't going to win the match. Yeah, so what – what like when it clicked when you finally started doing well right obviously you won an ACC title this year so what what kind of changed right what were you was there any like light bulb like oh I got to be really good in this position or, or anything that kind of shifted to make you go from you know kind of average to you know one of the best guys I always knew where I needed to improve like I've I still need to improve on my feet um but I think really letting go of like my ego and just really listening. Like, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, Keith doesn't talk often, but when he does say something, you really need to listen to it because you know that he's thought about that for a long time. So when he says something to me, I take it to heart and I really focus on it. So we've been, two years ago, we really started working on my underhook and now, every time I wrestle, that's all the other coaches screaming, watch the underhook, stay out of the underhook. So that really elevated. And that really gave me the confidence to become offensive. So like, it was just one thing. I was like, hey, like, you're really strong. I do this. Why don't you try it? And then he really worked with me. Uh, we had individuals. He would work with me on underhooks all the time. Coach Lean would also do the same. So it, it was more of just letting go of my ego thinking like, oh, I'm Jake one, so I know everything. So like, this guy did what I want to do. How about we listen to him for a change? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, that's, that's got to be a hard transition for pretty much everybody, you know, coming into college, especially as, you know, an undefeated state champ coming into college, like, you got to think like, I'm doing everything right. I know what I'm doing. Um, it's got to be hard to kind of put that in your back pocket and, and just listen. Um, so man, that's, that's awesome. And you know, another thing I, I so still, did, did you ever take a red shirt in there? I know that you had the medical red shirt, right? But did you ever take an actual red shirt? So the way it works is you can red shirt first. And then if you get hurt later on, you can medically red shirt. Okay. You do medical first, it just wipes it out. Okay. It's not the other way. That okay. counts as my red shirt. Yeah, and, and also, obviously, you mentioned, right, we got the, the extra year of eligibility. So, um, kind of sucks for, for the guys that were seniors last year, right, because they don't get that year back. But um, for everybody else, you know, they kind of made it right. Um, you got another year. This year basically doesn't count. And then, I mean, it counts, but eligibility, it doesn't count, right? And then you got next year, right? So, whereas you would be a senior this year, technically, you're nothing this year. You're a senior next year. Um, it, when you heard that news, did you immediately think, cool, I got two more years? Or did you think, like, I got to figure out if I want to stay another year? Or how does that process look? Because I know you've already been in college for four or five years. It wasn't so much about competing. I'm, this is the only time in my life I'm ever going to be able to do this. So I want to do it for as long as I can. The main concern was school. Like, what do I have next? So right now I'm getting my master's in accounting. And that's the next phase is I'm, I'm still trying to figure out, like, where do I go from here? So I, I have a couple options I need to explore, but 99.9% but 
9% chance that I'm wrestling my sixth year. That's awesome. Uh, and, and, dude, accounting? Come on, man. I, so I have a business degree, um, and uh, accounting was the, the dreadful class that I had to get through. So I applaud you for, for doing that and being good at that. That's, a, uh, that's weird, man. That's hard to do. Um, but, I mean, make a lot of money, be really successful in it. So great career path. Um, but, uh, and getting back into your career, right? When you got to it, um, you know, you, you kind of, like you said, you, you got thrust in the lineup that first year at 157, um, and then kind of went up to 165, had some decent years, um, went 13 and 13, I think your first year as a starter. Um, how's that transition been? In, in college, right? Because we talked about in high school going from eighth place to state camp. How's that transition in college go from being 13-13, you know, which is is literally average, right, 500, to being an ACC champion? Um, if you would have asked me before this what was my record my first year, I would have had no idea. I, I couldn't tell you what my record was last year. Um, I think the biggest thing – Throughout that transition was just my mindset. Like I always knew I could beat top level guys. And then rather than finding a way to win, I'd find a way to lose. So that that's really what set me apart last year is I, I would I would find a way to win in big matches rather than blow it. Um the biggest thing with that is I, I couldn't keep my head. My mom would always say growing up, like, this guy has a million-dollar body, but he's got a 10-cent head. And I kind of fell into that in college. I was angry. I had some anger issues. Uh, I can remember in Vegas, I was wrestling the number seven dude in the, in the country. Threw him off the whistle. I was up 6 nothing. I went to power half him, put him on his back. He caught injury time. So I was like, oh, wow. I was about to pin you. And you're going to call injury time. And I couldn't let it go. I ended up losing like 10-8 in overtime. Yeah. I walked off the mat, threw my headgear, punched myself, split my eye open, and then had to wrestle like 15 minutes later. And that was the biggest thing that Keith helped me change is I, I went from, from being angry and uncomposed to being composed, cool, calm, collected, and just focusing on scoring the next point. That's something you'll hear Keith say a lot is nobody cares, score the next point. If you keep scoring the next point, it doesn't matter what he does. Yeah. You're going to keep on scoring. If you lose, you know you tried your best. And if not, you're just going to keep on scoring. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, that's a great mindset to have. Um, I coach high school wrestling, and I think that's, that's an awesome thing to tell kids at age, every level, right? Um, what is, what has coach Gavin done for you guys, uh, in your mindset? Like you've talked a lot about your mindset kind of shifting and that really being the key. Um, what specifically is that from him or just the coaching staff in general? The coaching staff in general, it's, it's a tough staff. It's, they don't really take in a lot of nonsense. Like if you do something stupid, you're going to get made fun of and they don't really put up with a lot of BS, but Wrestling-wise, just the level of knowledge that they have. Like, they'll tell you something, and it resonates. Like, it's very relatable. Like, everybody on our staff has done something that I haven't done yet. 
Like they're all Americans. Um, Pletcher would have won a national title this year, in my opinion. Lean won a national title. Keith won a national title. Keith was on a, multiple world teams. Like they've all done something that I want to do. And just through that, listening to what they have to say. And when they say it, it's very relatable because they've done it. And they're not old. They've done it. Keith did it on Saturday. Yeah. Like, they're not that far removed from competition, so it's still relatable. Yeah, for sure. Um, and and kind of transitioning back into your, your ACC slate in your year this year, right? Obviously, I've said it a couple of times. Uh, you won the 2020 ACC championship. Um, I think it, it's cool to hear. Uh, I just talked to Clay a lot a couple of days ago, and it's basically the same thing for you, right? You're the four seed going into the tournament, um, and if people – people follow this they're you know ACC fans so they know there's only six teams right only six teams you're seated fourth right that's you know not great and you come out and you end up winning the whole darn thing you beat the one seed and then you beat McFadden who's the three seed but you know arguably um, could have been you know one two seed so uh, you, you go through you know the toughest dudes in the bracket and, and win the title so what was your mindset when you see the bracket come out and you see I'm the four seed, you know, I've got the one seed and, you know, what, just what were you thinking? The second I saw the bracket, I knew I was going to win. It was, it was the perfect lineup for me. And like, even, even going back to eighth grade, when, as soon as I saw the bracket, I got put in the perfect spot. I was like, wow, like I'm probably going to place. When I was in eighth grade, I lost, or ninth grade rather, my, my freshman year in high school, when I took eighth at States, I lost more than I won, but I was just in a good spot of the bracket, so I placed. And when I saw that bracket, I said, I walked in the room, I said to Lean, like, hey, I'm gonna win this. I'm gonna wrestle my first match against Anderson. He's tough, I should get by him, I'm warmed up. I wrestle Kennedy Monday, I'm gonna beat him. And then between Bullard and McFadden, like, I have a chance of beating anybody. I really think I'm going to win. And he looked at me and he said, you know what? Like, I, we feel the same way. We were just about to tell you that, but it seems like you're ahead of us. And that night the brackets came out, my dad actually called me. He said, hey, like, just saw your bracket. Like, I'll make you a bet. He said, I got a weird feeling about this, but I think you're going to win. And he said, if you win ACCs, I'll buy you a tattoo sleeve, which I'm sure he'd he didn't know what it meant at the time, but yeah. talking about a tattoo. Yeah. Oh yeah. So he made that promise that like, Hey, like I got a weird feeling about this. Like I'll pay for a sleeve if you win it. Wow. I had a lot of people close to me that believed in me and I believed in myself. The second I saw the bracket, I knew like, wow, this is good for me. Yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome. That's not cheap. It's not cheap at all. Yeah. Um, I have a couple of tattoos and that like, it's not cheap. Uh, so what's what's the update on the sleeve? Do we got it? Were we rocking the sleeve already, or like has not started? No. All right. I was. Um, it does. Yeah, and maybe we'll get to see it before your career is over. Um, but I, I wanted to get back to one thing because you kind of talked about you know when you saw the bracket, you knew you were going to win. I think that's interesting because I had to go back and double check right here real quick. But uh, you lost to those guys, right? You lost to Monday. You lost to Bullard, and you lost to. Um, McFadden, right? They're all close matches, but you did lose them. So what, like, I'm interested. What in your mind was like, yeah, I'm going to beat these guys. I got them. 
when I wrestled Monday, I went upper body. He ended up throwing me. I was down by six the first period, and I ended up coming back, and he didn't want to wrestle. I knew leaving the mat, he got his hand raised, but he didn't want to wrestle me. And I felt the same. I felt the same with McFadden. Um, I'm a tough guy to wrestle. I have a really bad style for a lot of people. I'm pretty much just going to squeeze you for seven minutes. Um, he would score more points than me, but I knew walking off the mat that he didn't like that. And the yeah. only person is pretty much Bullard. I haven't beat Bullard yet. He's he's 3-0 against me, so I got to get the, that one in the next two years. But I think the stars really aligned for me. Yeah. I mean, obviously it worked out. It, it went well. Um, you look good. I mean, I watched the tournament. It, it, was, it was awesome watching you run through those guys. Um, I got to admit, you know, just watching and seeing them beat you before, I didn't think that it was going to happen. And, and you did the dang thing. And it was, it was exciting to watch, man. Um, what about Bullard, though? So, you know, obviously you said you, you got a couple more years. You're going to hit him again, obviously. Um, we all know Bullard's a, a tough dude on top. Um, you know, what are you looking forward to with that matchup again this year? He has a, he has a pretty similar style to me. Um, not as not as upper body oriented on his feet, but he loves to get in scrambles. He's great on top and he can get out on bottom. And that's pretty much what I do. So it's, it's fun because I get to test how good I am on bottom, how good I am on top and how good I am at scrambling. So, so far he's, he's bested me in the scrambles, but I'm going to get one of them. So I got to ask also, I, I, I can't bring the match to the forefront of my mind. I've seen it, but, uh, we know that when you when you talk about the Bullards, like the superpower is the, the top position, right? They're really good on top. Um, what's your mindset going into a match? And it could be him or it could be somebody else that's good on top. But what's your mindset going in knowing this dude's really good on top? I'm going to go down. You're going to go down? Unless it's the national finals, so I'm going to go down. Love it. The, the only exception is if if it's my choice – in the third period, like in the ACC finals, it was my choice. Third period, I know I can ride the dude out. I'd rather just do that because I'm a lot better on top. Yeah. But if it's the second period, I don't care who it is, I'm going down. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I think it's interesting to hear that because, you know, it, it's very, very much split when you ask people. Some people are like, well, you know, I can go to the feet and I can take him down. I'm confident there. And then other people are like, screw it. I don't care. I'm going to the bottom. I'm going to get out. Uh, so that's, that's cool to hear, man. But, you know, you, you get it done. You end up winning an ACC title, your first ACC title. Could be the first of three. Um, how did it feel when you won that ACC title, just kind of running off the mat? What were your emotions? It was really weird because I already knew going in. Like, I, I felt like I was going to win going into it. So it was more so that feeling you get when you, like, you win an argument. It's like, wow, I was right. It wasn't like, a, oh, I'm an ACC champ. It was like, wow, I was right. I did that. That's pretty cool. Then, I mean, immediately after, you're focused on nationals, so it's a short-lived feeling. But it was pretty surreal. It felt good. And uh, I'll probably remember that for a while. Yeah. Um, and, and how did it compare to – how does that feeling compare standing on the ACC stage, winning an ACC title in college – how does that compare to winning a state title in PA? Um, my state titles were 
were special for a different reason. Um, the person I mentioned before, Nick Gavese, he was my role model. And uh, the last time I ever talked to him was Powerade my junior year. I walked off the mat after I lost to Chenzo and I was talking to him in the stands and he was injured his senior year of high school. So he didn't get to wrestle at States. And he said to me like, Hey, you got two shots at this. You got to win one state title for me and one state title for you. And uh, before it was that year, he ended up passing away in a car accident. So my, my first state title was the most important match I ever wrestled in my life. And I, I could win nationals, I could win Olympics, but there, there's not much that's going to touch that moment. So that, that was special for a different reason. But wrestling-wise, winning ACCs is a lot harder than winning a state title. So it, it was more validating of my wrestling abilities. But I, I would have to say the state titles were more important. Yeah. That's, that's crazy to hear you say, though, that ACCs is, is maybe harder. Because, you know, you got to think that PA state title, you're going through – everybody in the state to get there um whereas ACCs there's only five other guys um but obviously it's a completely different level of wrestling so um I can imagine how that that would definitely mean more to you though you know kind of having those those ties with your friend um but you know looking ahead to the the national tournament obviously it didn't get to happen right that sucks um and, and we'll kind of talk about that in a second but I, I want to look at your bracket and just think like you know, get your thoughts on what your bracket would have been, right? And so, obviously, first thing, NCAA tournament is wild, and it's never, in, like, ever going to actually fall the way it's supposed to. Um, but just kind of looking at your bracket, you were the 11 seed, and if everything fell the way it was seeded to, right, you would have hit um, Tanner Cook of South Dakota State in the first round, and then Josh Shields, uh, followed by Shane Griffith, Vincenzo Joseph and then Alex Marinelli um so you know it, it's it's a tough tough road right you would have had to go through all the best guys and I think those are the most um most rewarding kind of tournament runs if you end up getting hot and go through that so um what do you what did you feel like when you saw the bracket and and that run that you would have had to go through when I saw the bracket I thought I thought I could get past Cook thought I could get past Shields and then I really thought I was going to be Griffith. I saw myself in the semis with Chenzo. And that one probably wouldn't have went my way, but I still believe I could win. So I saw, I saw myself in the semis when I first saw the bracket. And you can never think, like, too far ahead, especially at the national tournament. Like, somebody has a bad weight cut, and they're in the loser's bracket automatically, like, immediately. So you, you never know. People get upset every year. That's why they wrestle the matches. But I saw myself getting to the semis. And, being yeah. at all. 100%. And you said that a minute ago, you said you wrestled Chenzo in what, Powerade or something growing up? I wrestled Chenzo my whole life. Oh, you did? Yeah. No, I did. So oh, he's okay. from Pittsburgh, too. So uh, we, we used to go to Pitbull back when he was 80 pounds. I was like 110. He would beat up on me. Then as he got bigger, we wrestled in high school, I think, three times. We wrestled, we wrestled in the county finals, Powerade finals. And then Virginia Beach. But I, I grew up wrestling Chenzo. And then also my high school would go to his to practice. So yeah. like he was a pretty consistent practice partner. That's pretty cool. 
I think it's it's cool to hear that because a lot of you guys have the similar stories of you know the, the best guys in the country all kind of trained together at one point or uh, at least were competitors. Um, yeah, man. But I was I was looking forward to it. Um, unfortunately, COVID hit. We didn't have a chance to see it happen. Um, what was the whole? What was your experience with that? Right. I know. I'm pretty sure you guys were in the room um, when you heard. But kind of tell me, you know, what happened in your mind when you heard national tournaments gone. Um, you know, it's over, over global pandemic, all that kind of stuff. I'm pretty realistic. I don't, I don't really lie to myself. So as soon as I saw like that NBA was canceled, all this, I, I realized like, hey, we're, we're not going to have a national tournament. So going into that practice, I already knew. And then when Gavin wasn't there and the coaches said like, hey, let's, let's warm up with dodgeball. It's like, all right something's going on this is over so it, it wasn't really a shock to me it was a shock to me at first when everything started canceled getting canceled but it it, it kind of built me up to it it's like one thing gets canceled the ivy league drops out and then like the nba is gone you're like we're done so it, it was a shock that the first things happened but by the time it got to nationals it's like all right i saw this coming yeah yeah, I mean, yeah. What were your feelings on, you know, kind of how you could have done there too? Because you go from, you know, just red hot coming off an ACC title, going into what is your your third year of eligibility, uh, having a good shot at, at becoming an All American, and then you know, like I can maybe I can become an All American this year. I could train my ass off. I can come back next year. I can win the damn thing. Um, how does that like that's got to shit like blow up your mind thinking like that's kind of the plan or, you know, obviously it's to win an ace, or a national title. Right. But um, knowing you had that second year in the bag to all of a sudden it's taken away, like you only get one more shot until obviously this eligibility. My first thought was actually, damn, we're probably not going to have a season next year either. So I was, I was preparing for the worst. I was, I was still training, doing what I could like during quarantine, I would find wrestling rooms, I would work out. But I, I honestly didn't think we were going to have a year this year, if you would ask me a couple months ago. So I'm glad we do. But the mentality never really changed just because something didn't happen. Because in my head, I still believe that it did. Like, I still won ACCs. I still thought I was going to be an All-American. I have a plaque right here that says it. But I never really did it. But in my head, I should have. Yeah. It's not like just because I didn't, I'm going to slack off and not work hard. I still have the same goals and I still want to achieve them. Yeah. And you kind of referenced the, the plaque for becoming an All-American. Um, obviously, you know, for people who don't know when everything happened, um, wrestling is a sport that prides itself on earning everything, right? And so we go to the national tournament, we place top eight, and then you earn your, your All-American honor. Um, most sports don't do that though. Most sports actually do give out all American honors depending on performance during the year. So they kind of had to go to that format this year, obviously with not being able to have a tournament. Um, you know, what were your thoughts when you first heard that they were giving out these all American honors? Um, and you know, how did you feel about accepting those? I felt like I cheated. Like it, it was pretty much the easiest way to become an all American have a decent season, 
show up to one tournament and then here you go. So it, it didn't feel as good. But then two weeks later when the plaque came, I was looking at it. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. It's probably going to hang up in my office for the rest of my life. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, who cares about my opinion? But I feel like I, I feel the same way as a lot of other people um, saying that you 100% earned that All-American honor. Um, it sucks that it had to be that way, you know, because obviously, like I said, we pride ourselves on, on really earning it, standing on the podium, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, any year like we've had where this crazy shit happens, like you did what you had to do to get you to the spot, right? You earned that 11 seed at the tournament. You earned the ACC title. Um, you earned everything you got, right? And you said you didn't know your record. Your, your record this year was 18 and seven, by the way. Um, but so you earned everything you got, man. So like that, it, it annoys me to, to when I hear other you know, events and stuff, kind of talk about some guys like a, three-time All-American when he actually was an All-American this year, too, and they don't include it, um, because it does count, right? And I think he has did 100% earn it. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, obviously, it's it's got to make you maybe a little bit more hungry to actually stand on the podium next year, though, right? Yeah, for sure. I This year's worth two. So you place this year, it validates last year in my head. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think, you know, the whole deal with that too, people don't know, you know, first team All-American was seed one through eight. Uh, I think it was nine through 12, second team, and then 13 through 15 was uh, honorable mention. Um, oh. But I, it's just like, it, you guys earn what you got, right? But it does suck uh, for aspects of like, you know, like you got a second team All-American, right? you 100% believe you were going to be top eight. So that would have been technically a first team All-American, right? And there's also guys that come out of nowhere that aren't even seated that become All-Americans, right? So, um, you know, it, it is what it is. But, you know, I, I'm excited to see this year and see those guys come out here and, like you said, kind of prove it and validate uh, what they earned this year. Um, another thing you won, though, I saw on there was that you won the, the James Conner Comeback of the Year Award in 2020. So uh, I think, you know, if, if you're listening to this, you probably know who James Conner is if you're a Pitt fan. Um, but if you don't, he was running back for Pittsburgh a couple of years ago. Um, and he went through, I think it was non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, um, came back, fought back, and ended up getting drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. And now they're, they're starting running back. So, um, you know, obviously a huge comeback story there. And Pitt has an award now after that. And so you won that award this year. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, why you won that award? So two years ago, I was having a decent season uh, right before the UNC match. It was, it was the day before the UNC match. I tore my ACL at practice. So right then and there, like season's done. Uh, we saw the doctor. He's like, yeah, definitely torn. You can wrestle. You're not going to make it worse. It's like non-existent, but you're not going to have a stable knee. And uh, Gavin right then and there said like, it, it's not worth it. Like get your surgery, rehab it all summer. Then you'll have two extra months to work next year instead of wrestling at the nationals. Like what's the best option? You make it to the nationals and you go on to, I guess that's probably your best case scenario with torn ACL. 
It's like, do you want to do that? Or do you want to set yourself up for the next year? And I, I think his philosophy came to fruition and it really worked out. But that award is for people that come back from mostly an injury because it's not very common that student athletes get cancer and then get drafted to the NFL. That's pretty lofty. So to be, to have my name tied in with his, it like kind of seems like a joke. Like his life was on the line. I tore a ligament in my knee, but at the same time, it's a huge honor just to be associated with that and have the recognition from my school. Like, like, Hey, we're putting you right up there with this guy. Good stuff. Yeah. No, I mean, that's incredible, man. I mean, I, I totally get like that kind of this guy battled through cancer and, and I didn't, but at the same time, it's more about the comeback, right? It's not as much about the, the actual circumstance that you had. It's more about, you know, you had a really bad circumstance and you battled back to achieve so much, you know? Um, so, I mean, like you tore the ACL, tore your ACL, were out and then came back and won an ACC title the next time you were able to get on the mat. So, um, I got a question though. So I, I've had a lot of injuries in my life. I've broken a lot of bones, unfortunately, but I've never torn an ACL. Uh, I've heard people say that when you tear an ACL, like it doesn't, I, I might be crazy here. That's just tell me if I am, but I've heard people say it doesn't hurt to walk on it maybe. Um, but it's kind of about like positioning. Like, I guess when it turns certain ways, it hurts. Like if you were to have wrestled with that, like how would that have worked? It's it's a joke. It it feels like you cracked your knuckle. Like I was wrestling and it just popped. I was like, oh, that felt weird. And then I got up and my knee was just sliding. So like, if this was the bottom half of my leg, this is the top half. It just like there's nothing holding it in place. Yeah. So I would have had to have either a giant brace or a lot of tape to wrestle with, but it didn't hurt at all. It was crazy to me that I was going to be out for six months and I felt zero pain until surgery. So that's just the craziest thing. You're saying like, it, it's such a huge injury. It, I mean, it takes everybody in every sport, takes you out for a year and like, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt. Like it, it doesn't hurt at all. Like until surgery. That's so and wild. I, actually, I tore my entire meniscus with it. So they didn't know that going into my surgery, they thought it was just ACL. And then they cut me open and they saw like, oh, this dude doesn't have a meniscus either. So they had to repair that while they did the ACL. But no pain, not really any swelling. Like I, I was walking into my surgery. Like it yeah. just kind of slid around a little bit. It wasn't bad. I just knew I couldn't wrestle with it. It's something that definitely hinders you, but doesn't hurt. So how, how's the rehab? You know, what, what are the things that you had to do to after surgery get back on that? Uh, the worst thing I probably ever had to do in my life was Russian stim. If you know what the stim machine is, they put the little pads on you and it. Yeah. The day after my surgery, they put that on and I had no control of my leg. I just had surgery and uh, they pretty much electrocuted the shit out of me for like 30 minutes. <laughs> And it was that like every other day until I could have control of my quad muscle. So it was a lot of that at first. Um, then I got into small stuff like leg raises. Uh, the biggest part was getting my quad muscle to fire. Once I got that, it was pretty smooth. But 
the first month I couldn't bend my knee. That was because of the meniscus, I'm pretty sure. And then after that, I was in the pool doing a lot of pool workouts. So I was actually working out more during my rehab because I'd go in, I'd lift. And then after my lift, I'd have rehab. And then after my rehab, I'd have a pool workout. So every morning I was probably there for three, three and a half hours. Man, that's wild. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a lot, man. It's a lot to get back. And how did it feel? I mean, I knew, like I said, I, I've had some really bad injuries. And so I know that coming back to a sport after you get hurt, it, there's, there's all kinds of barriers, right? Obviously you got the, the rehab that helps you get back. But um, once you get back, that first couple, that first match or the first couple of matches back, um, you know, was there any physical pain? And then also, you know, what was the mental block if there was any? Um, no physical pain, no mental block either. My, my first couple matches back were at the Michigan State Open. I think I wrestled three matches, made it to the semis, and then Keith said, all right, you're done. Well, not Keith. Actually, Bonner said that, our athletic trainer. And then Keith said, well, that's the doctor guy. I'm the wrestling guy. I'm going to listen to him. So they pulled me from that. And my react, like I was mad. I wanted to keep wrestling, but I guess it ended up working out for the better. If I would have retorted or something, I would have been pissed at myself for the rest of my life. But there wasn't really anything. It was just business as usual. And my pretty much my entire collegiate career, I've had stuff to deal with. It's been one thing after the other. I've had bad knees, tore my thumb my freshman year, had mono. There haven't been a lot of healthy matches. So this year was the first year I was healthy the entire year and won an ACC title. So, Heck yeah, man. Well, looking forward to seeing another healthy year from you. Um, hopefully two more. Uh, but I'm going to ask you a couple more questions, then I'll let you go, I promise. I know you got all kinds of stuff to do. Uh, but, you know, these – these two kind of go hand in hand. So uh, what was your biggest win in college? I mean, it doesn't have to be the ACC finals. I mean, it definitely could be, but you know, what's your, your biggest win looking back in college? And then also maybe what's one you want back? It would be hard to pick between my biggest win. Definitely the ACC finals. And not because it was the ACC finals, because it was David McFadden. Mm -hmm. that, was, that was a guy I always thought I could beat, and I just never ended up beating until then. So that one was huge. But I think the first, my first ranked win was pretty big. Because I always, after my freshman year, I thought, like, all right, I got a lot better. Like, I'm ready to do something. In our first match of the season, I had, like, the number 16 or 17 guy in the country and uh, I ended up tech following him in the second period. I was like, you remember who that was? Um, what team it was? It was, it was Bakersfield. It was uh, De La Riva. Okay. Runzo De La Riva, maybe? Yeah, yeah. So I ended up teching him in the second period, and I was like, wow. If that guy's ranked, I'm definitely going to be ranked. Where does that put me? So that was probably my biggest mental win. But then the one that felt the best was McFadden. Yeah. That's got to be cool, though. Uh, you know, first ranked win, getting a tech ball 
just being like, all right, I'm pretty good at this wrestling thing, I guess. <laughs> um, like that. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, what's one you want back? Is there any of them that you're like, you know, I, I wish I could have that match back? Or is there anybody, you know, you're really looking forward to re-wrestling? I am wrestle Bullard, for sure. That's one I want to get. Um, probably the, the match I discussed earlier, the Vegas one. I would like to go back and wrestle that. And even if I still lost, I just like to react different. Okay. And who was who that one? Because you told us that you, you got up big and then ended up uh, – you were about to pin him, right? And then you ended up losing. Who was that? Uh, he was he was from Minnesota. I don't remember his name. Okay. But at the time, he, he was like seventh in the country. So it would have been a huge win. But the reaction after is more so why I'd like to get that back. Yeah, for sure. Um, cool, man. Well, I, I got a couple more for you. And, you know, we'll go through. First one is going to be just what's your mindset entering into this year as the returning ACC champ, right? Because you've never been in that position in college before. You've always kind of been the, the guy that's hungry, that's trying to, 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 you know, get a ring. This year you're coming in and you are the guy that won the ACC title last year. You can say that. But then if you look at my bracket, I'm 1-1 one one with Monday. I'm 0-3 against Bullard. And Makai Lewis is coming back, returning national champ. Yep. So a lot of people still have me as number four, and I won ACCs in March. So well, I'll go ahead and tell you, I do my ACC rankings. I got you at two. I had to – you got to put the champ at one, right? I feel like you got to do it. But uh, I don't got you at four, man. Come on. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean – it's not like I'm coming back as Mickey Phillippe. Like, it's not like I'm coming back. Like, I dominated you guys the last two years. I'm going to do it again. It's – a lot of people think I got lucky. So, I mean, I still have the same chip on my shoulder. I'm still hungry. I want to win. And two of the guys I never beat before. So, that'd be cool. I'm excited to wrestle the ACC competition this year. And, yeah, I really don't think I'm the guy coming into the tournament. Coming in the season, even like, I don't think. Yeah. Well, uh, you said you haven't wrestled. Have you wrestled Makai? I wrestled him. Um, that was like three days before I tore my ACL. I wrestled him. Okay. Um, very cool, man. So, what uh, what do you foresee? I guess uh, coming up in, in this ACC slate, you know, you you guys, people don't realize, man. I, I'm a firm believer. I think the ACC is the second best conference right behind the big 10. I think they're, they're getting there. They're real close. I mean, these weights are stacked, I mean, especially right around your, your weight, right? You got the returning national champ coming back. You won an AC title. You got Monday, you got uh Bullard, all these guys in here are really good, man. So what's your, your outlook on just your ACC weight class heading forward? I, I feel as if it's the toughest weight in the ACC. It's, I would agree with your statement that the ACC is probably the second toughest conference in the country. But if you run the numbers, I mean, I'm not sure about Monday, but I'm pretty sure he's at least a two-time national qualifier. Cam Coy, two-time national qualifier. Ben Anderson, I, I think he's a two-time national qualifier, if not definitely one. Kai Lewis, national champ. And then Bullard, who's three-time qualifier. I mean, I'm the guy with the least amount of national experience. I've never wrestled at a national tournament. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it's, it's crazy, man. Cause you're looking at it and like easily you guys could have, you know, three, four, five of you guys become all Americans, right? Not even just make it right there. There's a case for, I think a strong case for four of you guys to be all Americans this year. Um, so, I mean, that's, it's going to be fun to watch you guys fight that out and, and how the heck they sort out seeding for the national tournament. Right. But, uh, yeah, I, I want to leave it on this and, and I'll let you go. So what can the pit fans look forward to for this coming year, both from you and just for the team? Um, from the team, I think it's, they pretty much know what they're going to see every time. Like you come to a pit match, you know that you're going to watch guys wrestle. Regardless of they win or lose, you're going to watch Greg Harvey go out, and in the last 30 seconds, he's going to get six takedowns and win and flex to the crowd. You know, Mickey Phillippe, he's going to go out there, and he's going to ride you. He's going to take you down. He's going to embarrass you. You know, Nino Bon, of course, he's going to shoot a 1,000 single legs. You just know you know what to expect. Everybody's going to go out. Everybody's going to compete. They're going to wrestle their hardest. And regardless of the outcome, you're never going to be embarrassed. It's not going to be like, wow, I wish that guy would have wrestled harder. I wish that we had somebody else there. It's it's pretty unique what we have. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, hopefully there's actual uh, spectators allowed. I'll, I'll make my way up there. I live in, in I actually live in Chapel Hill, um, but not very far from from Pitt. And I'll, I'll try to make my way up there and see a match for sure. Uh, you guys have super cool atmosphere for your duels, right? The spotlight, uh, you know the the lights off, everything. Awesome. Um, but I, I really appreciate you coming on today, man. I had a good time talking to you. Uh, definitely Jake Winston fan. Looking forward to seeing you this year. And uh, and I, I just appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me.